Well, good morning. Well, welcome to Zion Lutheran Church. On this day, we get to worship the Lord and celebrate the baptism of Jesus together. Uh, lots to share with you this morning, but first we want to welcome Chris Parker, who is here from Wernley and who's going to take a few moments during the service to share about their ministry and all the good that they do with, with many of God's children. So uh, after, after the sermon hymn, he'll, he'll speak to us for a few minutes about their ministry. He'll also be available after the service if you'd like to speak with him. Um, I know he has some information down in the lower narthex on the table. There's also a basket down there. If you are able and feel led to support their ministry, uh, he, he'll be able to take, to take those gifts. Uh, but, but please welcome him. If you see him after the service, please uh, please greet, greet Chris. Uh, just a reminder that we do have our congregational meeting following worship. So members, we, we need you to stay for that meeting. If you haven't picked up your annual reports, they should be in your mailbox. I know there are some extras out there in the upper narthex as well if you need one. Uh, following the congregational meeting, we'll spend a few minutes and undecorate the church. Uh, also, with the undecorating, the poinsettias, if you ordered a poinsettia, feel free to take it this Sunday. Uh, they will be gone after this week, so take one if they're yours and take it home and care for it. Yeah, if there are some left that aren't yours, you can take them and, and uh, bring joy to your household. Uh, finally, the sign-up sheet for our Epiphany door chalking and house blessing is still in the lower narthex. If you're interested in that annual tradition of having your house blessed for the Epiphany season, I will be doing that this afternoon and tomorrow afternoon. So get your name on, on the sign-up sheet so I know and... I will come by and, and offer a blessing for your home. Are there any other announcements or prayer requests for the congregation this morning? Yeah, Ben. Yeah. Um, this year, my friend Logan Mason, and uh, he has moved into our area here. He's come a couple times. I just wanted to make sure everybody knew who he was. And he's coming. But he's going to keep coming. So. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to use this here church to get him married to his girlfriend someday. So. <laughs> well, welcome Logan, and everyone greet Logan as you, as you pass by him. And I'm, sure, I'm sure he appreciates Ben introducing him to everyone. So. <laughs> Any other announcements or prayer requests that you have? All right, if not, we have a special prelude this morning, so I'll invite you to quiet your hearts and quiet your minds as we listen to the prelude and prepare to worship our Lord. Oh, come, all you unfaithful, come. Weak and unstable, come, know you are not alone. Come, barren and waiting ones, weary of praying, come, 
see what your God hath done. Christ is born. Christ is born. Christ is born for you. Oh, come, bitter and broken, come, with bitter and broken, come, taste of his perfect love. Oh, come, guilty and hiding ones, there is no need to run, see what your God has. Christ is born, Christ is born, Christ is born for you. He's the Lamb who was given, sin for pardon, His promise is peace for those who believe he's the Lamb who was given, slain for pardon, his promise is peace to those who believe. So come, though you have nothing, come, he is your offering, come, see what your God has done. Christ is born, Christ is born, Christ is born for you. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. Neither sin against you, Father, or indeed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. 
Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for us and for his sake forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest and peace to God's people on earth.
O God, our Father, at the baptism of Jesus, you proclaimed him your beloved Son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Make all who are baptized into Christ faithful to their calling to be your daughters and sons, and empower us all with your Spirit. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it, and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. The word of the Lord. We'll read responsibly Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, you gods, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory to God's name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is upon the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedar trees. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. The Lord makes Lebanon sit like a calf, and Mount Hermon like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord bursts forth in lightning flashes. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the oak tree writhe and the stripes of forest bare. And in the temple of the Lord, all are crying, Glory. The Lord sits in front of the flood. The Lord sits in front of the king forevermore. O Lord, give strength to your people. Give them, O Lord, the blessings of peace. A reading from Acts. Peter begins to speak to Cornelius and his household. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is accepted to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. 
That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John announced. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with them. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses, and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Christ. I invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, when you were a teenager, do you remember, maybe not, maybe you were good kids, but do you remember not wanting to be seen with your family? Maybe you remember your kids going through that stage, right? Kids hit their teenage years, and then suddenly they become too cool for mom and dad. They become too cool to be seen with little brother, little sister. Right? And so they want their parents to drop them off down the block, or if you take them to the mall, take them to the county fair, whatever, they want you to open your wallet, hand over the cash, and then pretend like you don't know them anymore. <laughs> They'd prefer not to be seen with their family. They wouldn't want anyone to think they're losers. You can even look back at old family pictures and clearly see the teenager who doesn't want to be in the picture. They have their heads down, trying to stand off in the corner, they don't want to be associated with their family any longer. Well, I think this dynamic might help us understand the baptism of Christ. Because what's going on in Jesus' baptism is that he really wants to be associated with sinners. He wants to be associated with you. He's not too ashamed of you. He's not too ashamed to pose in the family picture with you. He doesn't need you to drop him off early so he's not caught in the car with you. And so the way the Gospel of Matthew tells us this story helps us to see this. 
Matthew gives us a detail in his account of the baptism of Jesus that the other Gospels don't. In verse 14, we're told that John tries to prevent Jesus from being baptized. He's trying to stop him. And I don't think it's hard to understand why he's trying to prevent him. Who has been coming to John for baptism? Well, sinners have been coming to him. Matthew 3, 6 says people were coming to John to be baptized and confessing their sins. And then John will describe his own ministry like this. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. In other words, John is saying that he's here to clear the way for the Messiah by getting rid of the sinners. He's throwing all the worthless trees into the fire by baptizing them and transforming them. John is dealing with sinners. And this is why John is scandalized by Jesus coming to him to be baptized. He knows who Jesus is. Jesus is the one without sin. This is the Christ, the Holy One, the perfect one. This is the one who's given the title God with us and given the name the Lord saves. And John is saying, Jesus, you don't want to be in the family picture with these sinners. You don't want to be seen with these people. These are awful sinners. These are trees going into the fire. These are people who need transformation. You're not like these people. You're the one who's bringing the fire. You're not the one who needs to be consumed by it. But that's really the scandal of the gospel. The scandal of the gospel is that the one who knew no sin became sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus came to take on the sin of the world. He came to identify with sinners and to bear the curse of their sins. And so this is what Jesus means when he says to John, let it be so now for it's proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus is saying that he is identifying with sinners so that in his perfection, he might make sinners righteous. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin on our behalf. Jesus is that Lamb of God who bears away the sin of the world. Jesus chooses to identify with sinners. And that becomes a scandal throughout his whole ministry. That's the criticism, right? Here's the one who eats and fellowships with sinners. Here is the one who doesn't take the traditions of the law as seriously as the holy people do. Here's the one who claims even to forgive sinners. Here's the one who forgives those who are caught in adultery, who makes tax collectors whole, who is able to speak to those possessed by demons. That's who Jesus is. Now we have to be careful because there's one interpretation of this that says, well, Jesus was just tolerant. Jesus wasn't a judge. Jesus didn't come to judge. In other words, Jesus didn't care about sin. He sees how people are really deep down, and all people are really basically good. But that kind of interpretation misses the point. Jesus doesn't hang out with sinners because he's excusing their sin. It's not that he's tolerating it. What the gospel shows us is that Jesus himself is coming under the curse of all the world's sin so that he can save sinners from what they deserve. Yes, in his baptism, then, Jesus is identifying with sinners. 
And again, we want to be careful. Jesus himself is not a sinner. He does not need to be baptized for his own sake. Rather, what the gospel is telling us is that he is baptized for us. And God confirms this. For when Jesus comes up out of the water, the voice of God confirms just who Jesus is. This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. There's no question then. Jesus is fully God, fully man. He is Mary's son, the one who identifies with sinner, and he is the eternal word of God, who in his divinity can make men righteous, who can set men right with God. And by God speaking at this baptism, God is confirming that Jesus is there to fulfill his will. It's God's will that humans be saved. Right? That's true from the beginning. The whole story of humanity since the fall into sin at the Garden of Eden is the story of God's mercy towards us. And this story is reaching its high point in the person of Jesus Christ. And so the baptism of Christ that we celebrate today is this unambiguous confirmation of who Jesus is for us and what he is all about. Jesus has come to save sinners by identifying with them and by bearing their sin. He bears the consequences of what they deserve. And so I know I'm speaking in the abstract, but I want to make sure that you understand that this applies to you. You are the sinner who Jesus identifies with in his baptism. This is not just about sinners in general, but this is about a specific sinner. That's you. When Jesus was baptized, he submitted to John's baptism for your sake. He was confessing to the world that he wants to be seen with you. In his perfection, he is taking all the consequences which you deserve, and he is bearing them away unto himself. He is redeeming you. And God wants you to know that this is true. And this is why you yourselves were baptized. Because in your baptism, you formally and eternally were identified with Christ. In your baptism, you were connected to his baptism. In fact, in Romans 6, St. Paul puts it like this. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. The early church father, Hilary of Poitiers, writes, In Jesus Christ we behold a complete man. Thus, in obedience to the Holy Spirit, the body he assumed fulfilled in him everything for our salvation. There was no need for him to be baptized because he committed no sin. It was not because Christ had a need that he took a body and a name from our creation. He had no need of baptism. Rather, through him, the cleansing act was sanctified to become the waters of our baptisms. So we see that when Christ was baptized, he made holy the waters of all baptism because he was identifying with all those who need baptism. Yes, Christ was baptized perfectly on our behalf. And so when we were baptized, we were connected to what he has done for us. We were connected to his perfection, his sinlessness. 
We are made new in the waters of our baptism precisely because Christ has given us a new identity. He took on our sinful flesh and he gave us his goodness and his divinity. Christ's baptism gives us the confidence to look to our own baptisms and to know that we truly are forgiven. You can look to the font, and that's why we place it right in the front of our sanctuary, because you can look at that font and know that you are forgiven. Beyond doubt, with certainty, you can know that you are forgiven. You can be confident because Christ was baptized for you. Christ lived for you. Christ died for you. He has saved you. And now he identifies with you. He is not ashamed of you. He doesn't need to hide from you. There's no sin of yours that he did not bear for you. The worst sins of your life, Christ has taken on himself. The thing that you are most ashamed of Christ has washed away in the waters of your baptism. All the evils you have done in your life, they're all gone in the eyes of God because Christ has taken them away. He bore them in himself. And so at your baptism, he declares you an entirely new person, a righteous person, a forgiven person, because Christ has fulfilled all righteousness for you. And so look to your baptism. Remember your baptism. Look to this font because it's there that you can have confidence that Christ has redeemed you. He has made you a child of God. He has done it all for you. Amen.
time, I'm going to invite Chris Parker to come up and tell us a little bit about what God is up to at Wernley. Thank you, Pastor, and thank you guys for your longtime uh, support of the boys and girls at Wernley. Now, I may have told you this last time, but I always make the promise to not talk too long because I remember sitting next to my father as a young boy in church, and there was a missionary going up to speak, and I heard my dad say to no one in particular, this guy talks too long, I'm not giving him anything. So there you have it. Anyway, uh, that was my dad, and that's why I don't talk too long. Uh, Wernley's been around for 144 years, started by the uh, Indiana Ohio Synod in 1879, survived as an orphanage uh, for almost a century, and it's evolved into what it is today, which is a home where kids on the uh, referral from child services uh, and a court order come to Wernley and stay. The kids are teenagers, so they usually stay there for about a year. Um, we have boys and girls, and uh, we have some renovations going on. We're going to have a new girls unit coming on uh, pretty soon here. Um, we have a waiting list for girls all the time, unfortunately. Now, the kids end up there as a result of abuse, neglect, abandonment, or it could be behavior uh, as a result of uh, one of those. So I'm going to tell you a quick story about uh, just an example of a child that uh, is with us now. And uh, this guy's story, I was laying in bed the other night thinking, I try to tell this young man's story in a couple minutes, and, and you get it. Uh, it's, there's more than two minutes to this story. So he was born uh, in prison. So his mom's a prisoner. She doesn't want anything to do with him. So... Uh, I mean, foster care right away. At five years old, magic happens. He's adopted, and everything's good. He's got a family. He's got a mom and dad. At age 12, they say, we don't want you anymore. They returned him like a gift. I accidentally saw some of the paperwork, and it said mild behavior problems. Now, I remember a teenager as a teenager, I think that was on my resume, a mild behavior problem. But anyway, that's beside the point. This kid uh, goes to foster care now because they're not his mom and dad. He keeps running away constantly, trying to go back home to get in front of these folks and say, why aren't you my mom and dad anymore? Because he's run away so often, he ends up at Wernley, and he is despondent. I mean, he... Uh, there are certain days that calls come in for the kids, and he sits there week after week, and months go by, and nobody calls him. And the staff is very worried about him. And then uh, somehow his third-grade teacher found out that he was at Wernley. Uh, she called, and they talked for a long time. She called the next week. And then she brought her family to come and visit this young guy. And... Uh, they are working with child services now to try to adopt this young man. I mean, just think about the journey this kid has been on. Anyway, those are the kind of kids that you help us support. Thank you. I'm sure my dad thinks I've gone on too long, but God bless you and thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Chris, for being here and sharing with us. And all the important ministry that, that goes on at Wernley and, and all that God does there. Well, together, let us stand and confess our faith together using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, 
Pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty God, keep in your grace all the baptized, that having been united to Christ's death and resurrection through the water and the word, they may be strengthened by the Holy Spirit and equipped with his gifts to live the new life given to them. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit given to us at our baptisms. Help us to continue to recognize these gifts so that we might be empowered to live out our vocations of following your Son and loving our neighbor. Knit us together to be one body, one body united in love and charity, working together for your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace. Especially bless our President Joseph, our Governor Richard Michael, our Congress and our judges. Give us wisdom and courage that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. Almighty God, you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to reconcile the world to yourself. We praise and bless you for those whom you have sent in the power of the Spirit to preach and teach the gospel to all nations. We especially thank you for the work of those who share the gospel of your compassion at Wernley. Continue to keep them and bless them, and especially pour out your grace on all the children and young people whom they serve. Lord, in your mercy. Comfort and heal all of those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, especially Sandy, Owen, Charlie, Ron, Judy, Carol, Jim, Amanda, Leroy, Marilyn, Nancy, Rose, Tony, Carolyn, Lisa, Joyce, give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them to the joy of knowing your son in all circumstances. Lord, in your mercy. We commend to your mercy all who have died that they will, that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share with all of your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. All these things and whatever else you see that we need, grant to us, dear Father, for the sake of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always.
let us pray. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now, Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Amen.
in peace. Serve the Lord.